Hello, listeners. I'm Ashley Espinosa. And I'm Tim Espinosa. And this is Breaking the Fourth Wall, where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways that we can promote positive change in musical theater. We wanted to start this episode off for the week by saying thank you to everyone who has emailed us, messaged us through Instagram or Facebook or Twitter to continue these conversations that we are having every single week here on Breaking the Fourth Wall. This is why we started the podcast. Cast, right, Tim? That's right. Absolutely. It's to engage in a conversation not just with each other, but with our audience at large. Absolutely. And so we wanted to offer you a few of our listeners and their their feedback about a few of our topics. So if there's ever a topic that we have or a conversation that we have and you want to give us more insight or a thought that you have or offer any type of feedback, please contact us. You can email us either Ashley at AshleyEspinosa.com or Tim, Tim at TimEspinosa.com. Or you can find us on Instagram. My Instagram is Ashley Lynn Espinosa. And mine is uh, Tim Espinosa official. And you can just contact us and let us know this is why we started this exact podcast to have conversations with listeners like you. We wanted to share with you a friend of ours that contacted us in response to our topic a few episodes past about the Asian American experience. And Tim, do you want to give us some information about Vin? Yeah, so Vin is the artistic director of Theater in the Mountains in Los Gatos, California, which is up in the Bay Area. Uh, And he's also a classmate of yours, not direct classmate, but also graduated from the same grad program uh, from SDSU. Yes, at SDSU with an MFA in musical theater. He was a few classes after um, mine, but he emailed us and gave us some really excellent feedback. And I wanted to share this with all of you listeners. So I asked his permission and he said it was quite all right if we quote him. And he made this wonderful uh, comment for us. He says, quote, the Asian American experience refers to the body of work that is about people of Asian descent and the story has to have taken place in the United States to be considered an Asian American experience, which was the topic that we had a few episodes past. Mm -hmm. He continues to say that two out of the five that we discussed fit this description. And that was the flower drum song, which takes place in San Francisco Mm -hmm. and allegiance, which takes place in Wyoming. And the other three that we mentioned were not taking place in the United States. Correct. So, for example, The King and I in Thailand, Pacific Overtures in Japan, and Miss Saigon, which takes place in Vietnam, are musicals that feature a predominantly Asian-American cast, but they wouldn't be considered musicals about the Asian-American experience since they did not take place in America. And I thought that was such a great quote from him and also wonderful feedback because I... I thought of that, but he made it sound so simple because he is from that community. Exactly. He has um, obviously more insight than we do. And he also says, quote, super kudos and thank you for pointing out that Allegiance is the only Asian American musical that was actually written by an Asian American and therefore from an Asian American point of view. This is so important as it shows the huge lack of representation and authenticity when it comes to the creation of new works about such experience. And isn't it amazing that Allegiance just came out, what, just a couple years ago, like two years ago, three years ago More on than Broadway? that, more than that, because it was, well, on Broadway, on yeah. Broadway, it I mean. was at the Old Globe when I was in graduate school. Right, but th- that's the first musical that, that was written by Asian mm-hmm. Americans, and it's taken so long to get to this place. Yeah. While I feel we are making strides, we have a long way to go in that regard, 
Yes. Um, and so I wanted to also point out that he, it was great because he also had more insight, Vin did, about about um, specifically Allegiance because he played Sammy, which is the younger version of George Takei's character, in the San Francisco Bay Area premiere of Allegiance a year ago. And he also said, quote, thank you so much for all you do, both in your daily work, your art, and beyond. We have gotten so far when it comes to fighting for diversity, inclusion, representation, and accessibility, but we're not there yet. It is nice to know I have people fighting alongside me with me to make this field and world a better place, end quote. Isn't that great? That makes me so happy. And that's what this is about. This whole experience is about illuminating people about this experience and opening up a dialogue. Yes. And then, uh, Tim, you also had a student that made a few few feedback for you. Yes. One of my current students who uh, is in my uh, intermediate musical theater classes, who also serves as an interpreter for our school, Uh, He's employed by the school to interpret classes and even some of our productions. He wanted to bring some clarification as to how we address uh, actors or performers or people within the deaf community. And this was our an episode a few episodes past where we talked specifically about representation and actors on on Broadway and on stages within the deaf community. That is correct. And he wanted to make sure that everyone understood that. To use the term hearing impairment refers to someone that implies that someone is less than other mm-hmm. or not quite as um, at the same level as someone else. And that's a term we don't want to use. That's not a proper term to use within this community. Yes. And he said, and I asked him, I said, you know, what are the best terms to use so we can make sure we advocate for the kind of change we want to see? And we're being uh, respectful and, and we're being inclusive. Exactly. And he said, you know, it's always best to use deaf. The word deaf is is uh, the easiest way to go. Uh, we, we avoid using impairment in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. Uh, if you said, you know, you come from the deaf community, you're a deaf actor, that is the most acceptable term to use. This came up in my class at UCI this past week, and it is so refreshing for people to be able to have an open conversation and say, hey, instead of using that word, could you use that one instead? And we're always learning every single That's day, right. right, Tim? Well, and we opened up this podcast so that we could start, one, these conversations, but mm-hmm. we also are not too arrogant to say, you know what, we are learning in this process as well. And if someone doesn't start these conversations, who is going to do it? And so we have to keep opening these doors and initiating conversations with our listeners so that if you have any feedback about any other episodes that we have been talking about, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Yeah, let us know so we can address uh, some of those comments. Absolutely. So let's uh, move forward. What puzzler do you have for us this week, Tim? All right. Here's our puzzler for this week. What is the first Broadway musical to feature two men singing a love song to each other? I love that you chose this puzzler, especially because this week, a few days ago, we just had National Coming Out Day. That's right. And that seems so appropriate mm-hmm. to uh, to go down this pathway. So uh, we're going to come back around at the end of this episode and let's explore that answer together. But moving on, uh, what's in the news this week? Tina Turner, the musical, officially opened previews starting October 12th, so just a day ago, and it is going to officially open on Broadway November the 7th. Come From Away is also opening a tour of China in 2020, and this is going to mark its first time where they're presenting this in a non-English speaking country. And it's going to be presented at Shanghai Cultural Square in uh, on Friday, May 8th, 2020. And it's going to have a limited engagement, but with other further cities in China to be announced. How exciting is that? that yes. You know, we have we have colleagues in uh, Musical Theater Educators Alliance that mm-hmm. uh, that 
that teach in, uh, in China all the China, time. And they and direct always come out. And choreograph musicals. And, exactly. And it's always so exciting to hear their perspective on how musical theater is being taught over in uh, China. Absolutely. And we have a lot of international colleagues as well mm-hmm. um, over there working. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about this last week, but the Michael Jackson musical that's now titled MJ has actually set dates for Broadway, Tim. Wow. Uh, I know we talked about this last week and and we didn't think it was going to be this quick, but here it is. And you know, I, when, I, when I read who was adapting the book, uh, based on the story and type, life and times of Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. I felt like there was a little bit of extra saving grace in that regard because Lynn Nottage has been tapped to adapt the book. And if you know Lynn Nottage, she's uh, the only female, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the only female to have won two Pulitzer Prizes mm-hmm. for um, playwriting. And that's for The Play Ruined and for Sweat. I believe you are correct. And so she's going to be writing the book. And then we also have someone that has been announced to direct and choreograph the musical. Uh, Christopher Wielden, who most recently choreographed, it was American in Paris, mm-hmm. uh, has been tapped to choreograph and direct it. And now I don't know if this is his first time ever directing. I believe Well, he's it is. known as a contemporary ballet choreographer. Right. So um, we'll see. Um, and also, so the dates have been set. It's going to begin July 6th for previews and open August 13th next year at the Neil Simon Theater. So we will... We will see, we will how, see. It, how it unfolds. Yes. Kathleen Marshall is also announced to direct the new musical Sideways, which is based on the... Um, based on the movie most people know the film sideways sideways the film but it was originally a novel a movie a play and now it is a musical it's like the last one to check (laughs) off the box yes i am sure wine country is ready for this um, musical to come out so it has a spring summer 2020 regional staging that's been set before moving to broadway but no dates have been set but what i thought was so amazing of course kathleen marshall a female Mm -hmm. director yay we love it And I thought this was a really great quote from Rex Pickett, who is the novelist. He says, quote, as grateful as I am for the movie and the various non-musical stagings, I'm eager to move away from men overemphasizing the journey of my male characters. He also says, I had an instinct that a woman director would focus more intently on and highlight the trajectory of the Miles and Maya love story and alchemize all the elements of my novel into a production with overall greater character nuance. In Kathleen, we found the perfect marriage of musical theater experience and someone who instinctually understands that Sideways is not just a fun, body, picaresque, buddy-buddy romp, but an emotional journey of the heart. That's what I wrote. The book for the musical is pure distillation of my novel. Now, how cool would it be? Just like like a waitress, you know, like when you go in a waitress, you smell the pies. Yes. If you go in and have like a, a wine flight tasting or some kind of tasting experience that you can go through. Well, in you the already lobby. can buy wine in the lobby, but if they if they if they totally banked on that, yes, and and um, have sommeliers in the uh, yes. in the lobby. Collaborate with some wineries. That would be amazing. I know you would make you really happy. I It would, because you know I love wine. So <laughs> I can't wait for this one to come out. Also, it was announced that Carrie Washington, who is an actress, um, also has done, has done many stage uh, Broadway plays before as well. She is now doing The Prom. And the this is the screen adaptation of the mm-hmm. musical The Prom. But uh, no roles have been announced yet. But there are rumors that she's playing a role, right, Tim? Yes, Uh th- 
through the rumor mill, it's been announced that she may be taking on the role of Mrs. Green, mm. who is uh, the mom to Alyssa, the girlfriend of the main character, Emma. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be perfect for this. Uh, she's also going to be joining uh, cast members who have currently been announced formally. Uh, Meryl Streep as Dee Dee Allen, James Corden as Barry Glickman, Andrew Reynolds as Trent Oliver, and Nicole Kidman as Angie. Mm. Uh, Aquafina is also oh. playing Miss Sheldon. And Keegan-Michael Key as Mr. Hawkins. So the okay. cast seems really fun and really diverse and really eclectic. Very stayed, a very screen-oriented yes, cast. Yes, it is. Though, I mean, Andrew. Uh, I think Andrew Reynolds, James Corden. James Corden. I mean, but it's a very screen cast. Mm-hmm. So so we'll see how it folds, unfolds. But they're bringing the prom to the masses of all people, no matter if they can afford to go to Broadway or not. And that makes me happy. Yes. The musical Fun Home, which I just finished working on a few weeks ago, it's going to have a reading at the Plaza Jewish Community Chapel Funeral Home in the New York City in New York City on December 19th at 8 p.m. So one night only, I guess, I right? I love this. This is totally how I would do Fun Home. Yes. Like, find some like funeral home and actually produce it in the funeral home itself. And for those of you who don't know Fun Home, uh, fun home it is based on a the life of a, a real person so Alison Bechtel whose father owned a funeral home and um, it, it talks about how she was the first how she was a lesbian protagonist mm-hmm. and how she came out to her father and her father was a closeted homosexual and they also announced who's playing the roles mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally excited. Uh, Jen Colella, who most recently uh, appeared in Come From Away on Broadway, is tapped to play the older Alison Bechtel. Yes. And and most recently announced Caitlin Kanunen, who we all know played Emma in The Prom, is going to be playing Medium Allison. And I couldn't think of more perfect casting for this mm-hmm. show. I think they are going to be exceptional. And I wish I could get to New York to see this production. I think I saw tickets were like starting at $100. Oh. So I know. Well I worth know. it. Well worth it. I was starting to realize that this kind of coincides with National Coming Out Day, which just happened. Right. And how we see love portrayed on stage in musicals and how we see relationships being portrayed on stage and how we can make it more of... We always use the word normalizing, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. normalizing who we are as human beings in society on stage. And who we choose to love. Absolutely. And how we can... The whole point, really, even in doing musicals is to showcase different stories, right? Well, and I agree. I think that if we are promoting, you know, trying to promote greater diversity in all of its forms, I think that comes also in the form of how we love Mm -hmm. and how we choose to love on stage and how Mm -hmm. that's represented on stage. And, you know, if theater truly is a mirror of society, then we need to pay homage to that. Especially in 2019, love comes in so many different forms, and whether it's two men, two women, uh, or two not, or, 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 or non-binary, non-binary, or non-gender, yeah. or that we see that more on stage. The more Correct. we see it, the more we normalize it. And I was starting to remember and think about how many times I've seen different relationships being portrayed and different um, love relationships being portrayed on Broadway. And really, if we think about going back, I mean, we you talked about even falsettos, which was 1992. Correct. So with falsettos, we see two exciting relationships between uh, two men and two women in the show. And that's a major conversation that's held in the show is how we view love and all the trials and tribulations that go through being in love, not just as gay or lesbian characters, mm-hmm. but just two uh, two couples in love 
and all the struggles they had to go through in the 80s with all the stigma and everything they were fighting. Uh, it was it was a really progressive musical for its time. And in the early 90s. In the early yes. 90s, yeah, especially with, you know, the AIDS scare and everything mm-hmm. that was going on at that time. And I think that that is quite coherently dressed addressed in that show. And then even a little about a decade before that in 1983, we of course had Lacage. Yes, of course. Which is uh, we we see you know a relationship between two men on stage done in a very loving way, and I would then I was thinking, when do we start to see female relationships on stage? I mean, yes, falsettos, but mm-hmm. that wasn't the main, the main they were story. Secondary characters. They were secondary yeah. characters. Yeah. So then, from 1992 until really Fun Home, which mm-hmm. is 2015, we don't really start to see. And Fun Home isn't about just her relationship. Um, with her coming out but it's about her life as a lesbian and how she deals with it and how um, the challenges with her father and and coming out to her father but really we don't see a relationship between two females as the main story until 2018 which is head over heels Mm -hmm. right and we saw head over heels on broadway the same time we saw the prom that same week and Head Over Heels has this wonderful celebration of love in all of its forms. And I think you explain it so well, Head Over Heels. Well, it's it's such an exciting show because it explores, like you just said, love in all its capacities. We have uh, we have trans characters uh, in the show. And we have, I think the themes of the show uh, deal primarily around love can be explored in a myriad of different kinds of ways, mm-hmm. whether it be two women, whether it be, um, whether it be a male and a, uh, a female, whether it be gender fluid characters, gender neutral characters. Yes. Uh, and I think the play kind of toys with that idea of love. We have two women who are, mm-hmm. who are progressively falling more and more in love with each other throughout the course of the play. And we get to see that unfold. And for me, I can say that is the first time I ever had the joy of getting to see that on a Broadway stage. And then what I also think was so amazing about Head Over Heels is one of the main females you see, it is not the typical, what we call the ingenue leading right. lady, right? Because we also eventually come up in episodes very soon about people of all all shapes, all sizes, mm-hmm. all heights, all, all, all that just because someone is not quote the particular Broadway size does not mean they should not be looked at as leading roles. And that's what I loved about the original female that created that leading female role. She, she was a person that was not the normal quote look. But she had the energy. Oh. She had the verve. She had, she was so freaking good in that mm-hmm. role and i know we're going to talk about that in a later episode yes. but that idea of what is beauty and how do we define beauty on the, th- the musical theater stage which we don't you know which we beauty don't beauty comes in, in all different shapes and sizes and right. that needs to be widely accepted but getting back to our, our topic of normalizing different types of love on stage another show i wanted to talk about was the prom which mm-hmm. is what we were talking about with caitlin and the show the role she originated in 2018 and the prom is really when we see on broadway a the show revolves around these two young females in high school and that they fall in love and break boundaries to be together and and how hard it is to to watch them experience this because they're in a town that will not accept them for who they are. And Mm -hmm. all they want to do is go to a prom together and celebrate who they are and love who they are in public openly Mm -hmm. and competently. And they have to fight stigma and they have to fight stereotypes and they have to fight, you know, this, this community that will not accept them for who they are. It's challenging to bring these types of shows to different audiences because some people think, Oh, well people aren't going to pay to see it or people aren't going to pay. But 
if we don't bring these stories and we don't normalize love, how are we going to ever grow as a as a genre, as a type of entertainment, as right. a form of expressing on stage. I agree. I mean, one of my students most recently, this was a semester ago, we were in empty history and we got to the subject of falsettos and and we, we got on the subject of um, the history of gay characters uh, in musicals. And he had brought something to light and it was really interesting. He said, I long for the day where we can see being gay or on stage or being part of uh, a community on stage where the problem is not about being gay on stage. Yes. It's just two people who happen to be LGBTQ+, and the story can just evolve naturally and organically without uh, that being addressed as an issue in the show. That's a great point because that is the issue of the show in the prom. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I can't think of a show on uh, off the top of my head. No. Where it is just two characters. I think La Caja Fall plays that a little bit. Yes, but even then, it, the whole point is about it takes them place in a drag club. And... Right. But the whole point is them trying to be. You know, I am who I am. Yeah. Like accept me for who I am. It still revolves around that storyline. So, oh, I absolutely agree with you. You know, it's such a fascinating point because I just think that we are evolving. And, we are. And we are starting is... to see more works that, that are showcasing love in many different, uh, different various forms. Mm-hmm. But I want to get to a place one day where we can sit back and say, yeah, that's that's normalized. Mm-hmm. That's completely and utterly normal that you love who you love. And, and, and that's just another story that we're telling of another human being. That's right. What's the answer to our puzzler today, Tim? <laughs> All right. We've talked about it a little bit already. I know. So let's backtrack. Uh, the question was, what was the first Broadway musical to feature two men singing a love song to each other? Hopefully you know the answer by now, if you didn't before. It is... Lacage La Cage. Fall. Lacage Fall is correct. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, obviously a play that, uh, a musical that deals with two men who are madly in love with each other. They've been partners for many years. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, at the very end of the play, it's one of the first times we ever see two men in love walking off into the sunset together. And of course, one of the most famous songs, I Am Who I Am. That's right. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful musical. We're going to send you out today with a little uh, audio clip of Caitlin Kanunin from The Prom, who uh, talks a little bit about what the public reaction was like when they performed their live televised performance of The Prom, a section from The Prom during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And just so you know, this was the first t- one of the first times that... The uh, first time. The first time that two women on live television in a musical uh, were seen... Uh, kissing mm-hmm. and uh, you know there was there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of shock but at the same time she talks a little bit about how much love and support she received on social media so we're going to send you out with this uh, have a wonderful week everyone um, I feel like Izzy and I went into it just not even really thinking about it it's just a part of the show we do it's a part of the story we tell um, to us it is not a big deal. I grew up in a community where it was accepted and normalized and it wasn't an issue. Um, and so I didn't even really think about it. And then we performed at the parade and we got off the stage and Twitter blew up. And it was interesting to see everyone's comments on it. But what was really amazing to me and I feel like to a lot of us was that for every message of hate and backlash we got we got 10 times the love and support and camaraderie and having that come at you felt so special and just overwhelming